Hey everyone, welcome back to Do You Follow Podcast, a podcast where we answer your social media marketing questions and we talk about just all of the things social and media that's going on in the world. That is exactly what we do. I'm Juliet at Jay Dolphine. I'm Rachel Joe Silver at Rachel Joe Silver. <laughs> and Bobby's on the podcast too. Oh, right. My son Bobby is He doesn't here. have an Instagram. He doesn't, no, he does not have an Instagram. <laughs> so we are excited to talk about something fun and new that we're going to do. People ask Juliet and I um, for candidate recommendations all the time yes, in social media and marketing and PR. And they send us job descriptions. And lately, I've been um, just like sharing them on my IG stories. And so is Juliet. And we've been getting great responses. And so we thought um, we would try to like be a little more organized. And when people send them to us, send them out. So we're going to start a newsletter, which full disclosure, we're not going to probably send it every week with every episode. Maybe we'll send it like monthly and round up that Mm -hmm. month's episodes. Um, Or maybe if we do get a lot of job requests, we'll try to send it out weekly. We're trying to um, not overpromise. Yeah. I want to underpromise and overdeliver on this one. Mm -hmm. But send us the job descriptions because even if we don't get quite to the newsletter, we will keep posting them on our IG stories. Yeah. And we'll put the link in the um, show notes to the subscribe to the newsletter so Mm -hmm. that if you miss them on our social, you can get them on the newsletter. Yeah, definitely. So stay tuned for that. We're really excited about that. And in this episode, we're going to talk about some really fun stuff. We have a great question. Actually, it's an actual assessment for a brand manager position. Um, and we thought it would be fun to actually answer this if we were, you know, doing this job. Right. Um, So we talk about like what KPIs we should look at. It's for a women's personal care brand that is launching into a new category and they have a limited budget. So this is a fun one to answer for us. And we play some games, of course, and we're talking about some social media trends. So we're going to get into it. Here we go. Welcome to episode 46. Well, we've done this 46 times. We sure have. That's crazy. I know. I know. That's so fun. Wait, did we start doing this before you were at Love Stories? We did. That's crazy. We just had our two-year anniversary of the pod around Thanksgiving. We did? Mm -hmm. I didn't even do anything. We should do an episode... Like we like we should copy like Karen Scott and do like predictions or like the best yeah. things of last year. Or like I know. they do this funny thing on um pop culture happy hour on NPR, which I listen to. Well the circle, which we're gonna talk about in a second, yeah. was on pop culture happy hour. So oh. I feel like it's now elevated to like a the oh, greater how, mainstream. How did I miss it? It was on I think oh. last week's. Huh. Well, at the I, very end is like a win. Oh, or the like in there, things that make you happy. Things that make you happy, yeah. They, uh, I like when, so they just did an episode for New Year's where they like played their last year's resolutions. Oh. Which I thought was really cute. That is cute. Yeah. The Circle is a Netflix show that premiered, I think, on New Year's Day. And I, truth be told, they were marketing like the hell out of it. it was is like this the, the first, first Netflix see. original um reality show good question i'm not positive but definitely like it feels like the most reality e like not a documentary reality show, yeah i mean like if like they've made reality shows before yeah like i didn't know about mm-hmm. it so i when i watched the trailer i was like this is so dumb i don't know what this is about yeah and i refused to watch it and where then, were you getting the trailer 
like they, it was the first thing you would see when you would open Netflix on your TV. Okay. So they were just promoting it like a ton the first mm-hmm. two weeks of January. Mm-hmm. And my best friend Katie was like, you just got to watch it. Trust me. Like, plus there's like a Philadelphia shout out and like the, one of the episodes, uh, one of the contestants is like from our hometown, which like made it extra special. Do you know them? Or like anyone, does anyone know them? Yeah. Her coworker like went to the same high school okay. as him, which is funny. Um, but I was like, all right, I'll give it a shot. I ended up watching like half of the show in one night and then finished it the next day. Yeah. It was just this weird, addicting thing. It's like pure mindless entertainment. And the concept of the show, it's been called like Big Brother, but for the internet. Uh So basically there's contestants who are all vying for the like prize of $100,000. And to do it, you have to gain influence among the other players. Mm -hmm. And you rank each other in each episode. So if you're at the very bottom, then you're like off the show. And so if I'm one of the contestants, I rank the like who of these other nine people, which one do I like the most, basically? Yes. And the way that you gauge that, it's all through these like voice activated platforms. So like you just see they're all everyone is living in the same building but in their own rooms and they have no contact. Can you play the the, can you watch the trailer? Yeah, let's watch the trailer. On social media, you can be anyone. Let the games begin. And say anything. Okay, okay, let me think. So who would you be if $100,000 was on the line? Welcome to the circle. Okay, weird. It's weird, yeah. An interesting thing they did, though, is they premiered... It was a weekly show, so they did... I guess there were, I don't know seven or eight episodes they did three weeks and then they released the four last four episodes at the same time so instead oh. of doing like the like, first few yeah which i, like I thought that. was kind of cool in terms of like building the i mean i think it's i feel like just generally tv and movies have done a really bad job of like incorporating the way people actually use technology like into the show mm-hmm. like I just can't even think of any movies I've seen or TV shows I've seen recently where the characters, like, actually use their phone and computer, like, the way real people do. Yeah. Because I, I know it's, like, hard to capture, but I just feel like uh-huh. it's and weird. I, I always judge, like, now I'm seeing more shows will show, like, as you're texting someone, what does that look like on the yeah, screen? Yeah. And sometimes it's so bad. Like, they do such a bad job yeah, of Yeah, it's such it. a weird thing. It's yeah. like they're not, like, caught up. So, like, I'm sort of here for anything that's kind of, like, trying to get Hollywood, yeah, like, to accurately portray what, like, portray like, or, like, it seem like they understand. You yeah. know what I mean? So this is sort of, like a hard dive into it mm-hmm. but like I think it's cool I know it was really entertaining to watch and I was hate watching it at first and then I was like a few episodes in I was like oh my god I want to follow all of them on social media yeah. and also like see what the strategy is like for how these like you know people and they have a lot of followers so I'm also curious like were these sort of like influencers before yeah um I think some of them definitely had a following yeah but this definitely like boosted it but I made the mistake of following, like, some of the cast members, and the winner of the show had in his bio that he oh. was the winner. So it, like, spoiled so it for me. surprised I know. Me. And then I looked later, and he took it off of the bio, probably because oh. of that exact reason. That's so interesting. But it's just, like, it made me, like, 
Okay, the last reality show that I feel like I got excited about was probably like Jersey Shore. And that was like pre-Instagram. Jersey Shore. Like they didn't have any like if that if Jersey Shore came out now, you would follow all of them on Instagram. Like I feel like Instagram was just coming well, up. Well, it's as funny they that you say that because we out. both love Queer Eye, but yeah. I almost don't think of that as a reality show because yeah, it's like right. it's more like a makeover show. Yeah, and like um, it's not like a competition. Yeah, it's not like you're not like living with them. Right, it's like very it's a little like less voyeuristic. Yeah, I guess. but I totally agree with you, and I just think like I just think it's weird. Well, so, okay, this sort of segues into something else we want to talk about. Like, I basically think it's weird that, like, Hollywood and YouTube, even though, like, in some ways they're not separate, like, YouTubers are starting to have, like, um, agents yeah. and, like, but, like, they make a lot of money and they have so much more influence. Mm-hmm. Like, the YouTubers, like, a big YouTuber has so much more influence, or influence than, like, a Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. So much more. Yeah. And, like, there's a whole generation of people and, like, psychographic of people who just don't have any idea what's going on on YouTube or, like, how YouTubers work or, like, yeah. well, how Instagram works. And so I think it's, like, just so interesting, like, how separate it is. Yeah. And it's going to be not separate so soon. Yeah. But it's funny, like... We get the tube filter emails yeah. newsletter, which is just sort of like a really good industry newsletter on like YouTube culture and the business. Mm-hmm. And not just YouTube, but like this internet influencer culture. And so many times I'm like, who is this person who, who has like a billion followers? Exactly. It's like you and I don't even know who <laughs> yeah. everybody is. And so it's just like interesting. Like I just think Netflix is smart to sort of like, Mm-hmm. Even if it's sort of like in a weird way to just try to like bring this stuff to like mainstream. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. And it's like this weird meta thing where it's like there's Big like Brother two worlds. meets Catfish meets Black Mirror. Yeah. They now have all the like all of the contestants have these huge social followings and people are like obsessed with them. And I left like wanting more, which is so weird, but like. Also, like, The Bachelor, like, they ended the episode with, like, all of the finalists coming out and, like, sitting on the couch and, like, the previous players were on the stage and it's I just, love like, it. I know. It's I really feel like I want to watch. I need to, it sounds like I need to watch it just to, like, know. Yeah. Like, what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. I'm still thinking about it. Well, so, so. to that point, and as I mentioned, like, it segues into this other thing we want to talk about is um, the article that came about out about Hype House. Mm-hmm. So was it in the New York Times? Uh, yeah, it was in the New York Times. Okay. Hype House in the Los Angeles TikTok Mansion Gold Rush. So <laughs> I'm obsessed with this. I think it's like so smart of these kids to do this. I mean, I'm sure they... I wonder if these kids thought of it or if their agents <laughs> thought of it. Yeah. Um, but what I think is so crazy is that a brand hasn't... Right? Okay. So these Hype Houses... Or Hype House is the name of one. They're like these... The TikTok one, yeah. Yeah. So a bunch of kids who are either TikTok influencers or Instagram influencers or YouTubers, you know, they get together and they all live together in a house. Mm -hmm. And the first one was like this condo complex that I can't remember the name of. And it's just, um, I think they do it, one, because like they're not from there and they all need to live somewhere. But it, like, makes it so much easier to make content yeah. and do collabs when you're living in a house with, like, everyone in the house has 100 yeah. million Instagram followers or whatever. Yeah. 
And like from, it makes it easier to collab. You have people to help you take photos and shoot stuff. You have people like brainstorm with or on the same like weird schedule as you. Like Mm -hmm. it makes, you know, you can decorate the house or the bathroom to like be set up for what you need. Like it's just so smart. And what I think is so crazy is that like, I think it's crazy that Revolve doesn't have like a, right. a revolve mansion yet you yeah. know what i mean or like yeah um that like red bull that sounds dangerous yeah. but like mm-hmm. you know what i mean like so this is interesting or l'oreal or whatever um village marketing which is an influencer marketing agency they were just in glossy because they opened a like second sort of like instagram shoot location mm. they rented a yeah. townhouse in yeah. the city that they basically like opened up influencers could use it for free. It's Brands like the YouTube could, studio. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And it's not so like smart. a house where anyone lives. It's so smart. But it's sort of like a beautiful, like styled location that influencers can come and shoot anything for free. Brands can like pay to shoot there and bring in like influencers and stuff like that. And, and so the just, agency makes money from the brands and also it's like just relationship building with the influence exactly okay and they just rented like a beautiful like penthouse waterfront williamsburg apartment for the same thing smart yeah um which i'm just surprised like that more brands and i mean it's like the coachella thing like now it sort of jumped the shark but it was like there was a period where like you didn't even have to pay people if you just got them coachella tickets and put them in a nice house so like i just feel like you could do that 100% like L'Oreal should yeah. do that yeah. or um, S.A. Lauder should do that or like I mean I guess Revolve a lot of their biggest influencers are like a little bit older and have like husbands and like lives yeah mm-hmm. but like for beauty you know so many of them are like so young yeah you know or like Forever 21 or like somebody mm-hmm. like it would be so easy and yeah. such an obvious thing and not expensive compared to like yeah. Other stuff that they do. Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't know what the liability is mm-hmm. to, like, be responsible for the place people live. Right. But whatever. You can figure it out. Yeah. It'd be so smart. I know. It's so fascinating. Anyways, everyone should read that article. Yeah. We'll link and to it. figure out the address of the Hype House and just start sending product. Yeah, I know. <laughs> uh, okay. Um, we have a really fun thing to tackle today. So... A friend of mine was interviewing um, at a company for like a senior brand manager position and she sent me the assessment uh, and said that we could talk about it on the podcast if we don't mention like the brand, of course. Well, and say what I, I like misunderstood. <laughs> Juliet texted this. I mean, I thought she meant like her friend needed our help. Yeah. So I just started <laughs> typing out like the answer. Yeah. And Juliet was like, no, chill. Like it's for the podcast. <laughs> it's for the podcast. But, okay, so this is a direct-to-consumer company. And we'll call it, like, women's personal care. And they are launching into a new category. Um, And they basically want to know what is the go-to-market plan for the launch of this and how to execute it. It's going to be launched online only, no other retailers to start. So they want to know what's the overview of your strategy and approach they're giving a budget of $100,000 to launch the category. There's a small team of 30 people. Basically, what do you do? What do you prioritize? How do you measure success? Mm-hmm. So if this was us launching into a new category as brand marketers in like the women's personal care space, what would we do? 
Well, is that include hiring a team or this is all like marketing? It doesn't say. Let's assume we have like the resources of the company and then yeah. we're just like spending that money. Yeah. That's what I'm assuming. Okay. And also, I think it was just interesting, this person who was interviewing for this role has tons of experience in the large, like, CPG brands. Like, she worked mm-hmm. at, like, Unilever and L'Oreal and, like, those kind mm-hmm. of places. And um, what I was sort of, like, telling her, she was like, oh, my God, I've, like, never thought about it. She also thinks $100,000 is, like, basically a dollar. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, so she had to think, like, a lot smaller. But, like, some of this sort of, like, scrappier things I was suggesting, um, she was like, I never would have thought of that. It's so, so interesting. Yeah. So I think, like, the first, the first thing is getting, like, this product – in the hands of as many people as possible mm-hmm. who will talk about it. So that means like an influencer marketing strategy mm-hmm. that um, to stretch your dollars further, like you could have some sort of top tier people that you pay and you're really specific in sort of the content that you want from them. But also just sending that product to like tons of people who don't need to be paid for it, who would just be incentivized totally. through like an affiliate program perhaps yeah. or like just, you know, let as many people in the world have this product and talk about it. Yeah, like basically you could give people like a crazy affiliate commission for at first. You know, yeah. be like, we'll give you, you know, like 60%. Like yeah. something that's so generous because then it like doesn't come out of your, uh-huh. you know. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, right. I think the first two things, like the first thing you want to do is like make sure everybody who already is a shopper of yours knows about it right and this isn't this a subscription product no no they're um maybe the their original original product product. right so in the original subscription start including this new product yeah so you get it in like the hands of everyone who yeah you know so like emailing and like physically getting it in the hands of all the existing shoppers yeah then you want some influencers to go out and like announce that this launched Mm mm-hmm I mean, one big question I always have with something like this is, like, how much do you care about, like, traditional, like, magazines? Like, my answer, I, I go back and forth. Like, on one hand, I'm like, okay, as a consumer, like, I do sometimes discover mm-hmm. a product in a magazine once in a while. Like, once in a great while. But as, like, a marketer, I've just never <sighs> seen a return on something being featured in a print magazine. No. Agree. So, like, I just don't, like, these traditional, like, editor's breakfasts, like, I, like, wouldn't do it. Mm-mm. I would, like, I would only do it. Well, okay. If you're a brand trying to, like, get some validity and, like, reputation, I see the, I see the value in being, like, Vogue talked about, like, my new, like, makeup brand for the first time. Just like, so you could create. Sorry. Huh. For, like, the first kind of initial like well, in but the world I would PR. only want you know what it's really similar to the article that we just got written about love stories mm-hmm. to be in the New York Times mm-hmm. you know what the most powerful thing about that is it's not people discovering love stories to be in the New York Times which is happening and is great the most powerful thing is me being able to email people with yes. the subject line New York Times right and me being able to post on my existing Instagram and social media 
being like, look at us in the New York Times. It makes my existing people who know about me, even peripherally, take me more seriously. Yes, that's what I mean. So it's like, I agree. It's just for like validation to say like, look, like you may n- never Vogue heard of us, but like we were great. featured in Vogue or the New York Times. And then make a Facebook ad yeah. out of it, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so like, right. So, okay, so we would do influencers. We would do email and sampling to our existing customers. Mm-hmm. We would do uh, editor breakfast for that per- or at desk sides or whatever like for that purpose mm-hmm. um we would obviously do facebook and instagrams targeting our existing shoppers and targeting likely shoppers yeah we would do retargeting mm-hmm. um to people who had come to our yeah. site before yeah um we would do because like the how we measure success it's purchases. Purchases, like sales of this product. Mm-hmm. Are there any other KPIs that we would look at? I feel like we've kind of listed all the things, but like how would we make this budget? Yeah. Would the majority of the budget go to paid advertising? So, I mean, I think that's an interesting question because it's like it's not a brand new brand. Yeah. It's a new product. So, I actually think, I don't know, maybe someone would argue with me with this, but I would want to see how much of my existing customer base started buying it. I think it sort of depends on your brand. If you're like way hair care or like beauty blender and you launch a new product and your customers or like a birch box, you know, when people were like obsessed, beauty blender I bet does like very little paid marketing because I bet they launch a new blender and like all the blender obsessed people go buy it. Right. I don't know enough about this brand. My gut is people are not like it's not that kind of brand. Yeah. So they're I think, also still like new, and they have a lot of competitors in the space. Yeah, like I feel like their paid Facebook and Instagram budget would need to be significant. Mm-hmm. I mean, um, I kind of think investing more in the influencers who are going to talk about the product is impactful here yeah and then and then you can turn those into you can turn them into ads yeah so you know maybe when you think about it and you might not have even had to pay some of those influencers right exactly so and if you think probably it's like your own email marketing let's call that free Mm -hmm. you know sampling to your existing customers let's call that free Mm -hmm. so basically this hundred thousand is all paid yeah so it's like paying some influencers and then seeding to some influencers and then turning all of that into paid Facebook, yeah, Instagram, and like YouTube maybe too. Yeah, I was thinking You know what YouTube. I mean? Like you could ha- have YouTubers make some videos and boost them. Yeah. Also, I feel like people – first, I think Snap ads, like for some – actually for a product like this, mm-hmm. I see a lot of like um, – uh, Victoria's Secret, like, body mm-hmm. and stuff like that yeah. ads. I feel like this is really that demo. Yeah. You know? And something, yeah. like, really easy to show in, like, a Snap ad. And Snap ads are, like, so much less expensive than Facebook and Instagram. And now TikTok. TikTok, too. I think TikTok I, ads are some of the best me too. native advertising I've so, ever seen. Um, creative. There's so yeah. many funny things totally. that people are doing. Another thing which would require probably just a larger like sampling budget. I think reviews are really powerful, especially like if you see a product in an ad, 
So to sample to your existing customers and incentivize them somehow to leave a review of the product, Mm -hmm. then you can say like, this product has 10,000, five, four and a half star reviews, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. blah, blah, blah. You can use that in advertising. Mm -hmm. Um, I think because of this sort of category of product, there's a lot of competition and it's hard to differentiate, but like saying that something has a lot of reviews is powerful. Mm -hmm. Um, and to get sort of like testimonials from those people that you're sending the seeding the product to can also be powerful. Yeah, I agree. Mm-hmm. I also think another one is um, podcast ads. Yeah, are like really oh, underpriced totally. right now, and like are That's probably the best. Idea. Like listening to somebody, you know, if you get the skinny confidential to like talk about why she loves this. Yeah, as an ad, like I just bought something from a podcast ad she did. What was it? It was Athletic Greens, which is like a sort of like protein powder supplement, just good for you thing. It's like has probiotics in it. It's all like vegan and totally like clean. And I did a lot of research on it and she had like a really compelling offer. So I was like, I'm going to buy it. 100%. I want to buy a blue spirulina powder. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really into, um, I had like, did you get Two the juice blue, press thing? So I had the juice press one. I love that I had one. one at some, like, fancy place with Molly recently. And, like, I had, like, a really good blue smoothie bowl over the summer that I've been meaning to, like, recreate. Yeah. It's um, also really pretty. It's so pretty. Yeah. So could you help I'll me? I'll help you. That? Yeah. Definitely. Okay. Okay, that was our question for today. I liked that one. If me you too. have, like, really specific questions like that if you're working on a campaign and stuff we want to hear it so email do you follow podcast at gmail.com and we'll keep you anonymous too oh can i say one more thing that i yeah. think is cool so i saw someone doing this recently and i can't remember who it was which makes this less helpful but i think something that um is potentially hard to execute but really underutilized is like a system where everybody, all of your customers are affiliates, basically. Mm. So what most people do with their loyalty program is, like, if three friends join, <sighs> we'll give you, like, a free month. Or yeah. we'll give you, like, something off. But, like, I just don't understand why everyone can't be, like, a cash affiliate. Mm-hmm. And, like, I think that would be a really interesting thing for someone to try to do in beauty. Yeah. So, like... Especially with this, which I do think has a subscription component uh-huh. to its base product, just being like, by the way, like, here's your affiliate code. Like, any friends that shop through the code, like, you earn 10%. Yeah. And, like, there's so many um, – the technology exists now to do that. Like, sure. Ebates and my cousin works for um, Jewel. Uh-huh. You know, like, there's so many cashback sites now. Like, there's ways to pay out yeah. people. That's so, really like, why not just make every single customer yeah. an influencer, you know? I love that. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, should we play a game? Mm-hmm. Saved by the Gram is always my favorite because I like, rem- I like to remember. Let's, Let's start with that. that. We're going to play Saved by the Gram where we go through Which our recent saves and pick something. And sometimes Saved by the Gram makes me think of a Do You Follow. Me too. Okay, I got a good one. Okay. <laughs> This was sent to me in a group DM with some of my friends. It's from Betches. It is a slideshow post of Sex and the City characters as millennials. And oh. my friend was like, somehow you are almost all of these. Let me see. 
So it says, Carrie, an Instagram influencer, overpays for a tiny studio in Williamsburg, has a rhinestone jewel. (laughs) Amazing. Samantha, on every dating app, always the oldest in her Coachella group, invests in Bitcoin to look cool. (laughs) Miranda, reminds everyone she's vegan every 15 minutes. LinkedIn is always up to date, has heard of every true crime podcast. Charlotte, loves volunteering, hosts bachelor watch parties. Has 15 different recipes for cauliflower and gnocchi. <laughs> That's so good. It's so Betches funny made accurate. that. I think yeah. Betches is like good. Yeah. I think Betches Brides is like doing great. Yeah. I feel like why don't people talk about them? I don't know. Like what's the deal? We should like find them and friend them. They're on. Um, so I watched like, that girl's whole bachelorette party. Yeah. To Aspen. Yeah, they – so the founders – who founded Sammy it? Sammy and Aileen or something. Yeah. They, what did they do before? I mean, or I think they, they were like – they started this like in college. Yeah. And they're like in their late 20s now yeah. probably. But they have so many different things happening. So they're, mm-hmm. they have a podcast with this guy called You Up, which kind of talks about like dating culture. Mm-hmm. Um, they have The Bachelor – which is a bachelor podcast mm-hmm. and also an Instagram account. They have Betches Brides. They have Not Another True Crime podcast, which is a they're like a media company that has all these different things. Mm-hmm. Um, they have an Instagram account called Diet Starts Tomorrow, also which has a podcast. It's really interesting how all of these are like t- there's like podcast Instagram. Do they even have a website? I think it all lives on Betches, and then there's, like, like different verticals yeah, within there. And then they have, like, shopping as I'm part of it. I'm surprised, like, Bustle or someone hasn't bought them yet. Right? Yeah. I know. And they have 6.8 million fo- – Betches, the main account, has 6.8 Whoa. million. That's awesome. They have a new thing, I guess, that just came out. Betches Travel. Cool. Interesting. So that was my Saved by the Gram. Um I mean, do you want to talk about Brad and Jen, or is it just like, am I old and nobody cares? No, everyone cares about it. Okay, so. That was the most, like, memed thing. So I saved this thing with Brad and Jen, so. Which thing did you save? I saved a video from E! News of him watching her award speech. Uh So first of all, I liked um, the morning show. I know a lot of people didn't like it. It was very controversial. I liked it because I just like was so excited to see Jennifer and like there are such great people in it. Like I'm obsessed yeah, with Billy Crudup. I'm like upset. Like it was just like fun to watch all those mm-hmm. people. It was like a show like made for me. I actually think the way the episode they did on um, the woman who ended up killing herself. Like I feel like that's they got that exactly right. That mm-hmm. that's exactly how it would happen. How I do think it was a very all those good lines when he was like, "You could have said no." Like it's just such a good portrayal of how people don't get it. Yeah, and I mean, I I don't know if she had to kill herself. That was so upsetting. But I know. and her just being like, "I'm fine." Like I just thought it was all I right think it was spot a great, on. Like I think they a got great representation great of representation. what like Me Too and that whole th- the yeah. the blurred lines with like yes. Sexual yes. misconduct yes. and how it actually was. It yes. was like a really good portrayal. Yeah, I thought they did a good mm-hmm. job. Um, yeah, so the thing, anyway, but I saved Brad watching Jen. And it's just like, I mean, mm-hmm. I'm 36. So this is like my like timeline. Like, I love Brad and Jen. Mm-hmm. I like wanted them to be together. But is it like, but my question is like, 
Is it controversial to let? Is Brad Pitt like a bad? What happened with him and Angelina's kids? Is he like a bad guy? I don't is it know. okay to love him or is he like bad? I don't know. I don't know either. But the internet freaked out about this. The internet freaked out. I feel like this is like the um, Lady Gaga moment Bradley of this year. I know this that's year. so true. And then she like um, posted that Instagram of like the morning after, mm-hmm. and in my head I was like, "Oh, she's like in bed with." Oh, I know. Ugh. Oh, but the thing I wanted to say about the morning show mm-hmm. is, I think it just put on a pedestal. Like, the fact that they, like, the creators thought that we as viewers care so much about, like, the Today Show and morning TV, like, as a society. And we just, I don't think we do. I don't think it's, like, that important as they were making it out to be that it was this, like, fabric of America. Well, I think it's interesting you say that because I feel like there were people in the show saying that. Like, no one, people don't care about this as much. Like, Bradley Jackson was kind of saying. Yeah people don't care about morning shows anymore. But yeah. I do, I think that's a good question. Is like, you and I don't, I don't, couldn't tell you who's the yeah. host of the, t- right. I have no idea yeah. who's the host of the day show or Good Morning America. Yeah. But like, do, do people in middle America? Yeah. Or like, I right. Are know. we, are we like off? And yeah. I will tell you, I mean, anyone who's ever been on the Today Show, a market, people say it changes your business. Completely. So it must like. Completely. Still. Yeah, that's a great point. Oh, I have one more thing I want to ask about. Yeah. Speaking of YouTubers, you know how we sometimes talk about how I watch all the how Facebook Facebook like shows me like four things. Mm-hmm. It's like ridiculous, and one of them is Ellen show clips. Mm-hmm. I get bridal publishers, Ellen show clips, and wedding videos. Yeah, and that's it. <laughs> and um, this trans woman who someone tried to like out her, and then she. <gasps> Wait, Nikki, Nikki tutorials. tutorials. Yes. Yeah, this was so cool. Oh my god, I know. I loved it. Okay, so I didn't know about her. I mean, maybe I did, but I I don't know. She's like a She's huge like a giant YouTuber. YouTuber. Somebody contacted her and said, "You're keeping mm. a secret. I know that you're a trans woman and I'm going to out you." I don't know why. She didn't say why this happened. She was like... They were going to, like, blackmail her. She was like, forget it. I'm just going to come out and say it. And she, like, did. Mm -hmm. And I think people really didn't know. Yeah, because she transitioned Mm -hmm. when she was, like, a teenager. Yeah, so... And she's um, in her, like, 20s now, I think. Right. Um, So she, like, looks very feminine. Yeah. Um, And I just... It was, like, such a... I know Ellen's also kind of controversial, but, Mm -hmm. like, whatever... Yeah. It's still such an important platform for like totally. those, that kind of those stories. I know. I thought that was Speaking like a of, happy um, internet moment. Yeah. Speaking of transness, I just read Jill Soloway's book. She oh. wants it. Have you heard of this? No, but she's um, she's the producer. She of, created um, Transparent that right, show, right. which I'd never seen before. Me neither. But everyone and I just so- started it because I watched this book. It's really good, but like kind of depressing and intense. But, like, it's important. But why did um, she write? Did this so is a she true wrote, story for her? It's a true story for her. So her, her dad, dad came out as a trans woman when she was, like, in her 40s. Wow. And then she sort of, like, came up with this show, learned a lot about this, like, along the way. Mm-hmm. Like, and also grappled with her own, like, identity. And she now came out as, like, non-binary. Oh, interesting. And it was just, like, interesting to um, – 
read the book, which actually I thought it was the other book that Jody Cantor and that other reporter from the New York Times who like broke the Harvey Weinstein. Oh, that's why you bought it's it. Called, there's both like she in the titles. Oh, that's so funny. And I think I had heard of her the book that I just read too, but I like went into it thinking like, oh, this is about that's hilarious. Else. And you're like, what is going to happen? But I really enjoyed it, and then I started watching Transparent. Oh. Um, and like I was a women's studies major, so I oh, yeah. learned a lot about gender yeah. identity and like all of this stuff when I was in college. So I felt like I was like re like in school again, which was fun. That's good. But the show was like really fascinating. And when I was reading the book, like she was like, I didn't even think about bringing in like trans actors until like a few episodes into it. Which is just like a crazy thing, but yeah. like there was no representation. There was like yeah. not a platform for yeah. them, and now it's like sort of like changed. You know, you see so many trans actors now. Yeah, like, totally. So sometimes the internet does good stuff. Yeah. Okay, fun. Okay, fun. Bobby, can you say bye? Say bye, Bob. He's saying bye. Can we get any noises? We're supposed to practice consonants. There we go. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Do You Follow Podcast, a podcast on social media, digital, and influencer marketing. We are always wanting to hear from you, so if you have a question that you want answered on an upcoming episode, email us at doyoufollowpodcast at gmail.com, or you can Instagram DM us at jdelphine and at Silver. We want to hear from you, so we want to feature your questions on an upcoming episode. And if you want us to do an Instagram audit of your account, your business's account, we are happy to do that as well. So just include your question and all the details, and we will feature you on an upcoming episode. And if you like the podcast, we would also love your kudos and appreciation. So please leave us a review and rate us in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. And thanks for listening. We'll see you guys next time. Bye.